Are you ready? Stay like that, then your toes won't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, and four. Welcome to my so-called healing podcast, where we are always unfiltered and unapologetic. Navigating life's messes as modern-day women. I'm Brooke. And I'm Anna, and we're so glad you're here. Hello, hello. Hello, Shalom Shabbat. <laughs> Isn't that Shabbat Shalom? Whatever. <laughs> I shouldn't say whatever. I, that's, Aren't I you married to us? <laughs> shouldn't mess that one up. Isn't Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome. Not trying to culturally appropriate anything in well, my show, so. Isn't your husband Jewish? Well, Part. converted for marriage. I mean, he would know because, yeah, he had his first marriage. He, was, he had to convert to Judaism, but he's back to Catholic because we're godparents now. <laughs> The Catholic Church said he could come back. Uh, I mean, they, we're they godparents. They accepted and him back. They certainly did. I don't think they'd accept me back. <laughs> I feel like if they would accept him, they would accept you. Yeah. We were at my godson's uh, baptism, and Charlie, and <laughs> they give you this little water bottle to put. Holy water. Yeah. Yes. To, like, take home. It's like a squirty bottle. <laughs> so the, you have the godparents have to fill it up. So I put the bottle in my hand, and I looked at the priest, and I'm like, phew. It's not smoking. <laughs> like, I was trying to make a yeah. joke, and he was like, it's holy water. He, was like, not, he, didn't he did not it. think it was funny, and I thought it was hilarious. I was like, Phew, dodged a bullet there. He did not appreciate it. <laughs> I would have appreciated it. I mean, I feel like everyone should appreciate it, because it's funny. Yeah. It was a funny joke. It was funny. It wasn't inappropriate timing, either, because it wasn't in no, front of the like whole congregation. It was like <laughs> a small little baptism. <laughs> I like it. <sighs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you welcome. all had a wonderful holiday, Thanksgiving, and that you survived. Yes, survived family and implemented some boundaries, maybe. Yeah, I really do hope that everybody was able to, for real. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not easy, and when you get put thrown into the situation once you're there, a lot of times what you thought was going to happen is like not well, yeah, because how it goes. People rudely don't follow the script that you had perfectly planned out in your head. Course, and then wrecks all of the you know the scenes. Yeah, like you weren't supposed to say that. It's <laughs> not what I had practiced in my head. Anyways, God. anyways, today we're talking about overthinking and indecisiveness. Yes, two things that I, which actually I feel like are two very large topics, but they go hand in hand with one another. So we condensed. Yes. Um. So. What do you think? (laughs) What do I think about overthinking? overthinking? Um, I think that I overthink everything. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am the queen of overthinking. The queen? The queen. Like the owner of overthinking? I hold that title. Yeah. It's like the definition of you. Yes. (laughs) Wouldn't you agree? You know how much I overthink. You overthink a lot. I think a lot of us overthink, and I think especially when you're in a spiral, um, it's it gets to be that ruminating, like looping overthinking, because oh, yeah. there's different types of overthinking. There's two types actually. There's worrying about the future, overthinking, and then there's uh, like catastrophizing the past. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know which category I fall into because I feel like I do both daily. Um, you know, I feel like most people do. Yeah, it's hard to not when you are an overthinker. You have 
historically worked on not being an overthinker, it's hard. It's a hard habit to break because your mind is like literally stuck in this pattern of like anxiety, fear, what's going to happen, outcomes, playing the scenes in your head, writing, you know, well, all not of these trusting things. yourself, like not trusting yourself in the decisions that you make. Yeah, I feel like it's a big part of it. Well, and dwelling on the problem instead of focusing on the solution is why overthinking exists. Mm-hmm. Because um, when you're focused on a solution, you don't overthink. You are focused on the solution. You're not dwelling in the problem and creating more problems from the one problem that is the originator of all the problems. Well, exactly. Yeah. Your mind is what created the problem in the first place. So you can't solve it in that same space. Wait, say that. <laughs> I said your mind is what created the problem in the first place, so you can't solve it if you're staying in that same space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Do you follow me? Yeah, I thought you said something totally different, <laughs> so I'm glad that I had you restate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm curious what you thought I said. Uh, so, it, first of all, the thing that people that get pissed off that are overthinkers and you can, is what going off of what you just said, is like, you're not going to develop any new insight when Mm-mm. you're in the middle of an overthinking process. Like, there's nothing new. No new information is coming into your psyche in that moment. Yeah. It's not happening. No. And part of that is because you want to control things. So anything new or, like, idea shifting is not going to happen because when you're controlling, even if it's a negative, like you're controlling a bad outcome, like – you're still in control of it and your your mind still thinks it's like controlling the scenario or whatever. Well, yeah, and it's the certainty. Yeah, of the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that people, like, don't realize how much they overthink things. And so because of the tendency for women to be twice as um, likely to overthink as men um, – I wanted to go over this 10 signs you're an overthinker with you. And we're going to check it off the list. Check, check, check. Um, So 10 signs you're an overthinker. Um, I raise your hand if I I relive embarrassing moments in my head repeatedly. I actually don't know if I do that. Well, you stay in your house all day. (laughs) How can you have embarrassing (laughs) moments if you don't interact with anybody? It's very valid. Well, I can say I don't do that, so. Agoraphobic. <laughs> Just going to agoraphobic myself into my apartment with my cats. Also, that's a nice place to be. I like it. Yeah. I mean, like, there's that one TikTok. We just watched it this morning when I, it was like the, why did you say <laughs> that? Like, <laughs> After trying social, to, like, a, yeah. being with adults. You're like, so awkward. Like, why are you so dumb? Like, literally every day when I come in, I'm, I leave the grocery store after talking to the cashier, and I'm, if I don't say it, my teenager will be like, why did you say that? So oh my God, I cannot believe I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have trouble sleeping because it feels like my brain won't shut off. Literally me every single night of my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. If you literally want to like rip your brain out of your head. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I'm the same. So I say, yeah, 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 yeah to two. Um, you're yeah to two if you actually interacted with people. <laughs> Um, three, I ask myself a lot of what if questions. To a degree. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do, yes. I spend a lot of time thinking about the hidden meaning in things people say or events that happen. Thousand percent. Yeah. 
even over reading text messages and trying to pick up on the tone and text messages. I feel like text messages have taken overthinking to a whole fucking oh, yeah. new level. Whole new level. Whole new level in because, text messages. Yes, everyone's trying to like decipher what the tone of the message is or whatever, and then you just get stuck in the overthinking, and then you assume something that ten times likely not actually the case. No, and I'm a grown-ass adult who still flips out when someone's like, can we not text this? Can we talk about this? And I'm like, no, we're talking about it in a text right now. Right now. <laughs> well, yeah, because then that just creates anxiety buildup of, like, what's this conversation But even though be? I know, like, I'm not going to get the context, I'm not going to hear the voice or the, like, I'm, I'm sarcastic, obviously. You can yeah. see me ripping one out every <laughs> once in a while. But, like, I, I mean, I have, like, quit one-liners all the time that are funny, I think. <laughs> Most people find them funny. Um, but you don't pick up on that in a text. So I've had people be like, I'm sorry, what did you mean by that? And I'm Unless like, no, I'm joking. You, I'm joking. Yes. Unless they, like, really know you, then they can. Well, yeah. 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 I I mean, except my husband will be like, wait, what? And I'm like, come on, Jeff. <laughs> come on. He just doesn't have the same sense of humor. Like, can we can we please discuss this in person? <laughs> no, no, we may not. No, I'm coming down no. the basement to talk to you to your <laughs> office. <laughs> me knocking on the door. Uh, Emmy. <gasps> so okay, yes, I, yes to both of those. I rehash conversations I've had with people in my mind and think about all the things I wish I had or hadn't said. Yes, yeah, same. I do. Constantly relive my mistakes. To a degree. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wouldn't say that's high on my overthinking list. It used to be more, but not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. When I'm someone says their acts in a way I don't like, I keep replaying it in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm not aware of what's going on around me because I'm dwelling on things that have happened in the past or worrying about things that might happen in the future. I don't think, like, in an actual relevant, like, not pre- like presently. I'm not overthinking where I don't know what's going on around me. But I have gotten lost in, like, thinking in my house, like, at night. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'll be like, oh, shit, where did that hour go? Like, yeah. In my own head, talking to myself. <laughs> Full on dialogue. Because <laughs> I can hear myself in my head. Yes, same. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time worrying about things I have no control over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and check that one. I can't get my mind off my worries. So, I feel like those are pretty valid. Yeah, I think 10 things, those that we all kind of, we checked them. I mean, they fit, right? I don't think they're perfectly written. Mm-hmm. I just found this and thought it would be interesting to bring into the episode. Yeah, no, I think it was good. Um, I don't think they're perfectly overwritten. But I will say that I think a lot of women who are not as crazy as Anna or myself um, do get caught more up caught up more in analysis paralysis as opposed to overthinking with anxiety because we before we started recording i said do you think there's a difference between like anxious overthinking and like regular overthinking and turns out there is Mm -hmm. but i do think a lot more uh, air quoting normal because what the fuck is normal but like i do think there's a difference between analysis paralysis which a lot of women get caught up in especially particularly with their jobs and um, executing to-do lists and, like, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women struggle with that constantly. Yeah. I agree. So, whereas we overthink things when you have ADHD or anxiety or depression, 
the things that you overthink tend to be more um, awfulized or um, negative, bad experience based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overthinking, the only there's only one solution I have ever found for myself to stop overthinking. Have you found anything that worked? Telling myself to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Can't say it always works though. Yeah. But really, like, what do you do when you want to stop overthinking? I usually have to shift whatever I'm doing. Like, if I'm, I don't know, if I'm sitting there, say I'm sitting there working or whatever, and I start overthinking something, Mm -hmm. like, get up and go do something else for a minute. And that stops it? Sometimes. Or does it follow you into the other room? Depending on what it is, is the circumstances surrounding my overthinking, it sometimes does follow me. Mm -hmm. What about you? Well, the only way that I know how to get out of overthinking for myself is to always just take myself out of myself. So um, it's an old tactic I learned in 12-step programs. But I, my inside my head is a really dangerous space to be 99% of the time. Um, and having too many self-involved thoughts is a negative space for me to be. So what I do is help someone else or be of service to other people or go out and I hit AA meeting or I um, just go meeting someone, go meet up with you, go meet up and do something for someone else that is not centered around me. Um, And that typically snaps me out of it real quick, really quick. And that can be too like, um, uh, uh, like having gratitude, but like I wanted to say spending time in gratitude and abundant thoughts like – oh, I'm so grateful where things are today because the problems that I'm ruminating on right now are what I wished for five years ago. Like where my life is like today, all the problems I'm like hyper-focusing on or for instance, we're doing this remodel that I'm hyper-fixated on today, met with my contractor, had Anna here tippity-tap and taking notes (laughs) for me. Um, But I, when I think about the things that I'm overwhelmed by or that I'm overthinking, it does help for me to say, like, you know what? Fuck. Like, these problems are, this is the life I wished I had five years ago. I'm, like, literally living how I wanted to be living. Why am I still so fucking fixated on the problem or waiting for the bottom to drop out? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's it's just in our nature almost to, think like you said earlier, to fixate on the negative, to find the negative and almost... Well, Every not scenario. everyone. No, not everyone. Only people who've been lucky enough to be traumatized by something. Not everybody thinks like that. Unless you're us. I don't know. What, I can't even imagine. I know. I, but, it's, but it is true. I just am stating for the people no, listening. Yeah. Like, there are some of you listening to this like, I don't fucking do that. What right? are you even talking about? <laughs> but, like, if you haven't had some form of trauma or um, toxic relationship scenario, toxic parent, whatever it is, like... People who had healthy upbringings, like they don't, they don't overthink. They don't do that. I just, I, I would. They really don't like... go to the negative. They don't do it. They literally are like, like you see those people that are like, come on now, it could be this, and I'm like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> You're making it worse. Why Shut are you the talking to me? So if you are one of those people, <laughs> please write in and tell us what it is like to feel that way because I'd really like to know what that's like. Well, it wasn't until, what was it, two years ago that they showed that study of people who think and can hear themselves think, which I am one of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there are people who literally, they don't they don't hear their I thoughts. I know. 
I literally it's just had this craziest. conversation this morning. Shout out to Ashley. Craziest when I found out that she is one of those people that does not have a constant internal dialogue. And I literally said, what is that like? I feel it like must it's be nice. Like a robot. Go, I'm going here. Like, how do you not hear your thoughts? I literally cannot. She had a perfect. I hear my voice. She said it's like a, she doesn't have the constant, like, running faucet. And I was like, that, like, putting it that way, like a constant running but how? faucet of thoughts is like. No, but, like, when she thinks, like, when I think I need to cook dinner, I've got to make this for dinner, I hear my voice. Yeah. I hear it in Ashley, my Ashley, I'm going to need you to call in and <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I actually hear my voice talking to myself in my head. And then when I'm doing stuff, I'll be like, hmm. Yeah, whatever it may be. And I literally, I'm ADHD, so believe me, the thoughts in my head <laughs> in the internal dialogue can go from some outfit I'm thinking of wearing to somebody dying to some song that I want to listen to, all in a matter of yeah, two seconds. I have full on conversations with myself mm-hmm. to the point where sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this is healthy. <laughs> I don't think that men think have that, a lot of that. I don't well, think no, there's many men that have that. They're though. like a one track, like. They just pay attention I to what's right in front of them. Jeff if he, I'm going to ask him when he's. <laughs> when he's Speaking when of. When he's done working, which we can hear him working. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think men do that, though. I don't think so either. For the m- most part. I'm sure there are men who are like us, who are uh, gifted in the mind, neurodivergent mm-hmm. and whatnot, that like have that. Man, I just keep thinking about how nice that would be. Because I just always feel like my I feel brain like I'd is be lonely. so I'd be full. sad with silence in my head. Think about if you were sitting there and literally it was like this. Like white noise. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting here and your kids come up and they say, what are you doing? Well, my kids come up and they say, what are you doing? And you're like, Shh. <laughs> what? Nothing. Is that what it's like? This person's... Ashley, you're going to have to reach out to us because now I have questions. Yeah, we're going to put you on the show. I have a million questions now. Yeah. We'll bring her on the show. Running faucet, I understand. It's like a good analogy. I, th- I thought analogy. that was such a good However, analogy. However, when you don't think like we do, is it... Sh- now, do you just hear white noise or is it just silence? Even worse. I don't know what would be worse. I don't know because I really wish that I knew what silence felt like because it's so constant and loud in my head Mm. and my head feels like it's so fucking full all the time, which is why I say I feel like my brain is bleeding. You have to get to the state of silence. I know. And I even try meditating. I try all the things. I tell you what, I'm able to go into, um, what's the state? Why am I spacing podcasts? Because I don't meditate. I forget. Thank you. But I get into theta state so quickly with um, reflexology. I have a reflexologist that I see locally in our town. And when she, I'm talking second, like she'll kind of be talking and they try not to talk to you, right? But like I, because my way my head works, I start with like, how's your week? What's going on? Blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Then she gets started and it's like instantly, okay, we're done. And like an hour, but that's how quick it is. Okay. We're done. I guess I need to go see her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Theta State is like an incredible, like, I, if I could bottle that up and carry it with me, it's the most incredible thing. I think I told you I've never experienced that before, right? We've had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I I'm used to go to a live meditation at um, this Lotus, wellness, right? no, wellness union downtown. And it was uh, like 50, but the power of being in a meditation, co- like, 
class mm-hmm. is so different than doing it on your own. It's oh, I'm sure it's so much more like restorative. Yeah. yeah, and um, you can get to that state very easily. And it's not sleeping. You're not sleeping. You literally are in the blank space, the theta space. Like your body is in the next level. I am now going to be on the hunt for that. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. That sounds. Really but nice. I wish. But I wonder if people. Because I feel like time disappears when I get into it. So, like, how do people live with, like, not... Does time disappear for you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ashley, we're asking you. Uh, I mean, overthinking is a a problem here. It's a problem in everyone's lives because it actually can become paralyzing. And not just analysis, paralysis, but literally anxiety-inducing, panic attack, crippling, agoraphobia... Inability to like leave your physical space because you can't stop thinking about things. Yeah. And then there's like, it's not the same as say like self-help or self-reflection, like reflecting on like a growth point that you've had or like something good that's happened to you or that's like productive thinking and overthinking. Like if you go into like self-reflection, like, hmm, a year ago today, like when you do something that's productive in that way, that's fine. When you can't stop the looping, mm. right? When you cannot get yourself it's out of the looping. Yeah, like a hamster wheel. It's next to impossible for anyone to even snap you out of it. Because here's the thing. If you get in that state, you can be driving with some friends. You can be at work. You can be in a store. You can be amongst people at a party, and you're still in your head overthinking nonstop. You're not even hearing people. That's what that question, I think, meant. Like, are you present? Like, you're not, you can get to a point where you're not even really. I feel like I, for sure, I, in the past, have been in that space. But, I mean, dissociation for me is, I don't even have to be overthinking to dissociate. Right. But, again, that's trauma. Yeah. I got it from my trauma. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just love these people that read these books and like think they're like trauma specialists. What, what was that one uh, I sent you one? Yeah. <laughs> the original poster is an actual trauma specialist, Mastin. He's phenomenal. Well, I sent you the original one. Shout out I to s- Trish, who s- took his courses in LA and has actually like knows him and his wife and stuff. And no, he's a phenomenal human awesome. being. Um, but the person who re posted it. And major incompetent you know but that's another topic for another day I think that when you have something traumatic you will spend your entire life overthinking and justifying things in order to not ever wind up back in that place again well yeah and also questioning yourself like I think that's something that See, I, I don't do question myself all the time. Like I question myself constantly. I think outcomes. I think different scenarios, and I think people's motives. I really rarely question my own self. Oh, that's like the first thing I go to is I question myself. Maybe we're in different spaces in my soul called healing. Maybe I'm in a different level than your level. Oh, of course. <laughs> Maybe your healing is still in a. Well, I don't know that I. Well, yeah, I guess you can question yourself. I see. I can see that. Yeah, and then you question, like, depending on, obviously, the situation that you question yourself, you question the decision you made or didn't make, like, and it's just, like, you get, again, you get stuck in that loop of 
questioning yourself and it's such a shitty feeling I feel like a lot of times when people get stuck in that shitty place like did I make the right decision did I not make the right decision um you know what the right decision was and you you probably didn't make it (laughs) yeah most times not simple I'm not talking simple decisions people I'm talking like major decisions like you did not make the correct choice if you are still reflecting on did I make the right decision. I would say sometimes, but not all the time. Because I feel like there have been times where, like, if like when I can separate myself some, like, I know, like, kind of in my gut that it was the right decision, but it's the people-pleasing almost that causes me to question myself and then overthink and ruminate on the decision. Because, again, it's, it's that people-pleasing and like we were talking about earlier like we if you had a traumatic background or whatever you're codependent like we feel like it's our responsibility to manage other people's emotions well yeah codependency you know we could have a whole five on codependency but it does stem the other reactions and a lot of times you have people who overthink to the extent of um inability to make decisions to make choices to question themselves typically had a narcissistic mom that's the scientific study of your mom you were an extension you were you know you were disposable you were made to feel you were disposable so you do all these things to try and not be disposable which what does that look like it looks like what's that Pythagorean theorem where you're trying to figure out mm-hmm. like if I do this then this if I do this then this but it's all trying to stay relevant and be accepted and included and loved mm-hmm. not tossed to the curb like a rag doll because your parent is an asshole I mean um, I think a lot of people don't realize the destructiveness that their parents had on them I actually was watching something um, even parents who meant well by mm-hmm. the way I'm not talking about abusive parents I'm just saying parents with undiagnosed mental health disorders, parents with, uh, you know, uh, you have a narcissistic, one narcissistic parent, and then you've got, like, the codependent with them who's the other parent, and nobody's watching out for you because the codependent's so busy dealing with keeping the narcissist happy, and it's like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes with addiction. The same family dynamic sort of plays out. Um, But I think that people don't really recognize the amount of congestion that parents can cause on your mental outlook on things or how you cope and problem solve. Well, yeah, I feel like that plays, honestly, the biggest role. Well, right, but people always say your parents, unless your parent was a fuckwad who beat the shit out of you, right, or, like, raped you or, I mean, horrific experiences, if there's nothing on surface Mm -hmm. that looks bad, right, right, and, and maybe it wasn't bad, but your needs went unmet, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you had a parent, because people say all the time, like, yeah, they tried the hardest. They could. They did the best they could with what they had. Well, true, but that doesn't mean that it didn't leave a lingering impact on the way that I perceive the world to be. Right. Right? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. So I'm not saying, and you people have narcissistic parents. I had a client who didn't even realize she had a narcissistic parent until her mom had been long, long passed away. And, um, I mean, she was in her 50s, this woman. And, like, we were reading up on something, and she's like, I think, I think my mom might have been a narcissist. Hmm. Probably, because you're, like, checking all the boxes. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
And then it's funny because narcissism is another buzzword lately because it's oh, yeah. a real diagnosis. My husband gets super because he's, you know, a therapist, whatever. Like he gets super pissed off about people like using throwing narcissists yeah. around. Like he's like, they have no idea. Like a real narcissist, there's like a real, it's a real diagnosis. And not many people are really not diagnosed yet. with it. Um, you can have characteristic traits, like personality traits that are similar to narcissism, but are right. not narcissism, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm going down a rabbit hole. But, like, all of that causes overthinking as mm-hmm. an adult or even as a child, like trying to prevent the fallout of something horrible happening or hurtful. Well, yeah, like you said, or like in the beginning, it's that aspect of control. Yeah, definitely. I used to... Um, I still will have moments. I don't realize it until after the fact where I'm like, wait, I used to say waiting for the shoe to drop, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. I like my whole childhood was like that. Cause like, you know, my sister was sick and it was like, she'd get better than she'd be sick. She'd get better than she'd be sick until she died. And then it was like my mom, whatever. Like, so there's all that. And then my first husband, it was like he, with his mental health issues, like one day we're high. If anyone's seen Silver Linings Playbook, where he's like goes in and lives with his parents with bipolar, like the mm-hmm. most accurate depiction of, of bipolar disorder that I've ever seen, because he like wakes him up, like, come on, we're going, we're going. Like you have no idea what, what? the fuck is happening, yeah. and you're like being woken up in the middle of the night, and then the next day you're like the mortal enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, it's you a don't really know what you're weird, get. yeah, yeah di- like dynamic, and it took me. A very long, t- very long time to um, untangle myself from that uh, thought process or that web. Well, yeah, but the you know fight or flight mode within mm-hmm. that dynamic, and it was even harder because I had a child with him. So then it's like protecting her and the overthinking that goes into protecting, making sure that it doesn't happen to her. It's like this whole so layered it's so layered and like intermingled but like it took a long time for me to even be able to pull myself out of like okay stop like stop yeah the shoe the bottom's not gonna fall out like you're fine you're safe like reminding myself but again the only thing that ever really will pull me out of the overthinking when i am looping down that rabbit hole is spiraling down (laughs) down 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 um is to get out of my own head and do something for somebody else. Yeah. Because I want to. Yeah. Because I'm not forced to. Right. So, um... Go anywhere? Yeah. I don't know. What else do you have to add? I mean, I feel like we hit (laughs) at least high level. (laughs) I feel like it, it went pretty well. I mean, I think we were a little all over the place. So. I apologize. I'm gonna. I mean, I am unmedicated I today, am also, and I have so. only had like a quarter cup of coffee, so I'm. I know I'm all this over is, the map. This is both. Of this us is real. <laughs> this is real life with Brooke and Anna. Yes, accurate. Um, but I think if you struggle with overthinking, I would encourage you today to just try one thing to get out of yourself. Mm-hmm. One thing could be small. Could be taking cookies over to a neighbor just to make just a daily random act of kindness to make yeah. someone smile. Like it doesn't have to be some big devoting your time for like volunteering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, just something small. I would encourage you to start there. Or just texting a friend and being like, "Hey, just thinking of you, checking in." You know. Yes, and then going to their house and dropping cookies off. 
Okay, but I feel like... Nope, it's the leaving. But see, it's the aspect of getting out of your environment and doing something for someone else. Getting out of you. Well, yeah. It's easy to go... I'm going to back to overthink this. Ten seconds later. Maybe. You're going to text me, how are you doing things, and then you're not going to go back to overthinking? That's a lie. (laughs) A flat-out fucking lie. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Happy day! God, I wish I had the best intro song for this episode, and I cannot remember the fucking rhythm. Whatever, I'll think of it and re-record it at some point. But Anyways, if you're still listening to God knows what this turned out to be, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, head over to Facebook and join the Facebook community of my so-called healing community. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yes. Right? Yes, we will. All right. Have a good day, guys. Sorry we're nutcases. <laughs> Crazy. Bye.